God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. Oh my soul, oh my soul, oh my soul, oh my Bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 4. As they are still standing, don't sit down yet. First Chronicles chapter 4. We are going to read verse 9 and 10. First Chronicles chapter 4. Verse 9 and 10. Everybody, we are going to read it together. One to go. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. I want us to take just one prayer point of Jabez, the first one. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. That's the prayer. Do you like God's blessing? The Bible said, And God granted his request. He made a definite prayer unto God. And God granted his request. If you are interested, can you lift up your voice and make 
a definite prayer. Jabez was not an angel. He's a human being like you. He felt he needed the blessings of God. And he prayed unto God for it. And God granted his request. Can you also say to God, you are the God who heard the prayer of Jabez when he prayed. You are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray thee, my father, bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. I need a blessing from you that is a true blessing. I need a blessing from you indeed. Bless me indeed. Mayanto candala bashanda, rabasonto candele boshanda, renda leba santo candele boshanda, mayanto candala basandele boshanda, rabababasundele boshanda. Thank you, Jesus. Lendele boshandola basanda rabashanda, lendele boshandola basandele boshanda. God granted his request. Lendele boshando la basanda rabashanda. Lanto kandala bashandele boshanda. Lendele boshanda rabasanda. Lendele boshanda rabasanda. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this moment of your word. We magnify your name for gathering us together this evening for an encounter with you. We pray that you will encounter every one of us by the reason of your word. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, gracious Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please be seated. We are looking at a very important topic today, which is um, part of what God began to say to us in the last special moment of encounter. And um, blessed by his presence, we, we studied last um, Sunday. The topic says, keys to activating divine blessings. Can we all say it? The dictionary defines blessing as God's favor and protection. God's favor and protection. And then, the Hebrew language called blessing bereka, meaning prosperity. And Proverbs 10, 22 said, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. 
Read it quickly. That verse, Proverbs 10, 22. Take note of the scriptures that the Lord is bringing to us very carefully because uh, they are scriptures he is using to highlight what he wants to show us this evening. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Are you there now? Let's read together. I want to go. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he added no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord. So, when Jabez prayed the prayer and said, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. And God granted his request. Such that he was blessed. The truth is that the Bible said he became more honorable. Eh? He became rich. To be a rich, to be rich is not a sin. Is it a sin? <laughs> you will soon discover that the men of covenant in the scriptures, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them were what? Very, very rich. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord made them rich. But is it everybody that is rich that is blessed? No. There are other sources people get rich of which we know. Am I correct? So many other sources that are not from God. We have two types of rich men in the world. Men that are made rich by the blessings of the Lord. And those that were made rich by the devil's ways and evil ways. But what differentiates them is that second part of it. He added no sorrow. Opposite of sorrow is what? Joy. Joy. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. No. He has money, but he has no peace. He has money, but he has no joy. His life is empty. He's going to hell. Forever and ever. After this brief life. That's not a true rich. It was the blessing of the Lord upon Isaac, as we saw last Sunday, that caused a production of hundredfold of what he planted in the year of famine. Joseph was in Potiphar's house, and the Bible says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was prosperous. To the extent that his master saw that the Lord was with him. And handed over everything to his hand. Genesis 39. Proverbs 2 to 5. He said, the master saw that the Lord was with Joseph. And you know how things that are handed over to his hand were prospering. And then, the Bible says, he handed over every other thing in the hand of Joseph. And the Bible says, from that time, because of Joseph, the Lord blessed the Egyptians. 
Egyptian house. Because the blessing of the Lord is upon Joseph. And so there was prosperity. There is this scripture where God was telling the children of Israel that if you are going to plant in the year of famine, that is in the year of uh, Sabbath year, they were like, how are we going to succeed if we are not going to plant in the year of, uh, of Sabbath? And he said to them, I'm going to command my blessing on the sixth year so that it will produce threefold so that in the year of um, famine, you will not feel it. Amen. Now, the first thing God told the man he created in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 or 28, after the creation, he said, and the Lord blessed them and said, be fruitful and uh, multiply. That is to say, fruitfulness, multiplication, is an outcome of God's blessing. And the Lord blessed the man, saying to him, be fruitful and multiply. Now, when the man disobeyed God, curse came. The first thing God did in Genesis 3, when he discovered that they have disobeyed him, was to curse the serpent. So you are cursed above all the cattle. So serpent was a cattle before, with four legs. But he said, you will no longer have four legs. You will walk with your stomach. And he will eat the dust. He cursed him. But he couldn't curse the man. Because he has blessed the man. When God blesses, he cannot curse again. But how will he punish this man if he cannot curse him? He cursed the ground for his sake. So, what is the lesson there? <laughs> If you think you are blessed, you also need your ground to, to be blessed. Eh? The Bible said the blessing of the Lord was upon everything that the man has in the field and everything he has. So the blessing of God is, does not rest on human beings alone. It also rests on what? On things. On your business. So if somebody say, I'm blessed... Well, you are blessed. But what of your ground? That ground is where the man is getting what he's going to eat. God said to the man, I curse your ground today. Eh? You will struggle and labor, work hard, but it will not yield the commensurate fruit unto you. Thorns and testos will it bring forth. So after planting, you'll be expecting a heavy harvest. What you're going to see is almost nothing. Why? Because even though you are blessed, your ground is not blessed. The cause of the woman, well, you, you shall be fruitful and you will multiply. But you are going to have problem in the process. So he caused the process of fruitfulness. He caused the process of multiplication. Say, you are going to bear children, but that process will now be more difficult and painful for you. Are you noticing something there now? So, he, he, he has blessed the man, but 
when you want to punish the man for disobedience, he cannot curse the man. He has to curse things around. The first person that cursed or that cursed in the Bible is God, not Satan. Are you hearing me? So as blessing comes from God, curses also what? You need to take note of that. In fact, in Deuteronomy the, the chapter 20, 28, he was talking to the children of Israel through Moses, and he said, verse 1 to 14 was blessings. If you obey, you shall be blessed. You know, you're going out, you're coming in, your basket. That the, the blessing will rest on everything. The works of your hand, everything will be blessed. But when you begin to disobey God, when you start sinning against God, when you start doing your own will, not his will, he said, curse will come up. So sin and disobedience to God attract curse or curses from God. Obedience to God and following him attracts blessing from God. Period. It has been like that before and it cannot change. It does not change. The only difference we have now as New Testament believers was that Jesus just intervened. And so when you read Galatians chapter 3, please turn your Bibles quickly to Galatians chapter 3, you will see where Paul was addressing something very critical. These are truths. Please pay serious attention this evening because what God is about to teach us or teaching us will change our life forever. Galatians chapter 3, look at verse, um, let me read verse 10 first. Are you there? For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, curse is everyone. What is everyone? Everyone, including you and me, that continuing not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. What's the meaning of that? If you fail to obey any part of the law, you are cursed. See, everyone. Cause is everyone. Cause is everyone. That does not continue to obey every aspect of the law. Because the law is God's saying, don't do this, do this. So if you do what God says you should not do, that is sin. That's disobedience. First John 34 said, sin is the breaking of the law. So it will attract a curse from God unto the man. Then, look at verse, um, the same um, chapter, verse 12. Okay, Let's look at verse 13 and 14. Are you there? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's a good news. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hanged on a tree. Are you, are you noticing something there? That Jesus dying on the cross, 
he became a cause for us. And as a result of that, he redeemed us. He delivered us. He set us free from the cause that would have come to us by the law. And what is the purpose of that? If you are holding King James, you will see a column. Column is saying, let me tell you how that happened. Or what that is leading to. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the pre promise of the Spirit through faith. So why did Christ redeem us from the cause of the Lord? So that the blessing of Abraham will become our own. So if he has died on the cross for us, he has became, become, a, uh, became a cause for us. It means that we are now partakers of the blessing of Abraham. And you remember that the blessing of the Lord upon Abraham made him rich. Do you remember? The blessing of the Lord upon Abraham, the Bible says, oh my God, very rich. The household of Abraham, eh, alone. When he went to fight, the people that took away Lot, his um, cousin, and all of that. You remember 318 servants? You remember? That we are born and trained in his own house. What of their female counterpart? Because their mothers were not born in only boys. They were also born in boys and girls. Am I correct? What about their elder ones and their younger ones? Then their mothers. And other ones. So if you calculate the number of persons in that house that are eating every day. Are you getting what I'm saying? Abraham is not like us with a small heart. When you have just 10 persons in your house or 20 persons in your house, hey, food has finished. He has thousands of people. And, you know, well provided. Cattles, you know, it's evident. The Bible says in Genesis 24, it came to pass that the Lord has blessed Abraham in everything. In everything. It's God that does it. So now, we are now, the good news is that Christ has redeemed us. This is New Testament. Are you following me? This is what? The epistles. Paul writing, trying to explain to us the connection. So that we can understand where we are standing in the blessing of the Lord now. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law by hanging, being hung on the tree. So that we will become partakers of Abraham's blessing. So Abraham's blessings are mine. You know we used to sing it. But why, why are we still poor? That's what we are looking at today. Somebody's eyes is about to open. Keys. Jesus said to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Keys. So there are keys. Jesus doesn't talk for talking's sake. The kingdom of heaven has what? What do you use key to do? To open doors. To open doors. To activate. You know, I, I hope you know that this switch is a key. Are you aware? 
Because what does key do? Off, on. That's a key. Remote is a key. I hope you know. That's why you can use remote to start a gen. I hope you know that. Yes. Off, on. Activating divine blessing. There are keys. And again, another New Testament scripture that is very powerful, that is also in line with this, is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Please run to that place. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. He said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you might through his poverty be rich. Please, he's not talking about spiritually rich and spiritually poor here. He's talking about physically rich and physically poor. Is that clear? Because sometimes when we read this kind of uh, verse, we try to also become spiritual. And say, he's not really talking about uh, spiritual rich or... No. He, became, he deliberately became poor. It's, a, it's an exchange. He became a sin so that he will, be, we will become the righteousness of God. He became a cause so that we can partake in God's blessing. Now he became poor so that we can become rich. Are you noticing that? That's the, what happened at the cross by his life. He was an exchange for us in every negative thing. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There is what the Bible called spiritual blessings. Now, if you are not spiritually blessed, you will not be physically blessed by God. The physical manifestation of blessing we start by spiritual blessing. But there are keys that activate the spiritual blessings and turn it to become physical blessing. Do you think that God is glorified when you, a child of God, is borrowing money here and there, maybe from unbelievers? Is that giving glory to God? Eh? Do you think that God is glorified when a man of God is, you know, you know who a man of God is? A man that is representing God. Ah. There are things that has become a problem. Now, please listen carefully now at this point. If Nepal brings light in your house and you didn't know that light has come, Will you be in darkness still or not? You will still be in darkness. Light has come. But the switch is off. You have not activated your own light. So you will remain in darkness. Until, first of all, two things will happen. You will have the knowledge that there is light. Then secondly, you will now personally go to the key and do what? 
activate the light. Then you will have your light. Are you getting it now? Let me explain a number of things to us. Jesus has died. And everybody you see that is living in sin today, their salvation has been secured. But some of them are not saved. Why? Because they have not personally activated their salvation by repenting from their sins and giving their life to Christ. So they continue to struggle with sin because they don't have the grace and the power that Jesus would have offered them if they have come to him. But they, they can be saved, but they are not saved. Light has come. Light of salvation has come. But they remain in darkness of sin and condemnation because they have not activated their salvation. Are you following me? In the same way, we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. But you need to personally activate your own for you to start working. Do you understand it now? Now, Christ has become a cause for us, hanging on the tree, so that we will become partakers of the blessings of Abraham, have his wealth, has his riches, and everything that the blessing of the Lord can make a man to become. Always remember that it is the blessing of the Lord that maketh a man rich and added no sorrow to it. But every believer has to personally activate his own blessing for it to become a reality in your life. Otherwise, you will continue to suffer in poverty and, you know, like, you know, we pray and say, oh God, bless me. I think that prayer should be changed. Oh God, help me to activate my own blessing because it's like we are blessed already. Eh? Do you know that when God blesses, even God cannot curse the person he blessed? You remember we have discussed that. How much more a man? How much more the devil? Once God blesses, he has blessed. And that is the, the joy of salvation. By coming to Christ, we are blessed. And he has blessed us. In fact, Balaam was hired by Balak in Numbers 23 to curse the children of Israel. Balak said, these people are too much. If they face us in battle, they will finish us. So let me get a man of God to curse them because Balak understands what curses can do in the life of a man. When a man is under a curse, what he does does not work. If money enters his hand, the money will go. Things will not be working. He will be putting up a lot of effort, but those efforts will be, you know, under attack. He will not be fruitful and he will not multiply the way he should because it's, there is a, a, a cause. I met a young boy where I went to preach on, on um, Thursday night. After preaching, I, I wanted to go to where they wanted to, uh, they want to lodge us and this young man met me and said, he want to see me personally. I said, what is it? He said that he stole somebody's phone some years ago. And after about, no, somebody stole his phone. Then after about, he decided to steal somebody's phone. 
Uh, somebody stole his own. He said, no, this will not happen. He now went and stole somebody's own. And then, after about one month, that one he stole from somebody, another person stole it again. Then he stole another person's own again. Within one month, another person stole his own again. He said that close to 10 um, is it 10 years or 10 phones now? Either 10 years or 10 phones he mentioned. That is, no, I think it's 10 phones. He has stolen up to 10 phones and all of them doesn't last for one month. Even when he, he bought, he buys his own within one month. I believe that the person that he stole his phone laid a curse on him. Eh? And said, you will be stealing phone. <laughs> no, people talk. He's <laughs> under a curse. The same thing with fornication. He said, he just, the first day he committed fornication, now he is just a fornicator going to brothels helplessly. Curses are real. And I say the first person that cursed in the Bible is fool. God. Before the devil starts cursing. And then ancestral spirit. Have you heard about ancestral curses? Ancestral curses are real. Eh? They are very, very real. Don't ever think that they are not real. They are there. Serious. Working. If your father or forefather or grandmother, grand, whatever, they worshipped an idol, what they normally do at the worship of idol is to dedicate their children, their grandchildren, and promise the idol that all their children and children's children will serve the idol. So when you people come up and say, I'm not going to serve the idol, I will go to church, and you are not born again, because it's when you get born again that the causes will, 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 will not work. You will be blessed. Are you getting it? And when God blesses, no other cause can ever work. Are, are you getting it now? So if your father, of course, all of us in Africa, we have the same problem. Eh? We have the same problem. Our fathers, forefathers, and all of that, they are terrible, dedicated idol worshippers. But that can only stand when you have not been in Christ. Now listen, even if you are in Christ and you don't know that by the reason of Jesus dying on the, on the tree, that you are now a blessed man, having been blessed, and that no cause will work on you again, you will still, by the reason of that, your ignorance, be under the manipulation of ancestral causes. Just like somebody, light has come, but you are not aware. Are you following me now? You don't know. You think that this darkness is real. Well, you don't know that solution has come. So those ancestral causes will still be, because you don't know, so you believe that light has not come. So you are walking under the curse. Christ has redeemed us. So we are blessed. But if you are not aware, you will remain cursed. If you are aware and you have not personally activated your own blessing, you will remain under curse, operating under curse. That's why we try, you do your business, try to, something will tell you that by now you're supposed to have second branch of your job or something should have happened. Let me ask, how many of you financially and otherwise, you believe that where you are now is not where you're supposed to be financially. You are, you are supposed to have been doing better than here. 
Let me see an up. <laughs> you are born again, speaking in tongues, doing everything that a Christian does, but as if you are struggling and the effort is not commensurate. There are keys of the kingdom of heaven to activate your divine blessings, and we are going to begin to look at them. I'm sure, very much sure, that we cannot finish all of them. Today. So we just start with the first one. We are not rushing any one of them because we need to understand them well. Now, but before we go on, let me emphasize on this so that you will not be intimidated by any man or anybody anywhere about cause. Some years ago, some people came to pray and, you know, they, were, they tried to do something that is against the scripture. So we confronted them that this is not in line with the word of God. And the man got angry, very angry, and began to curse us. Just because we tried to, you know, correct him and tell him that, see, this is not the way prayer should be done according to the... He said, we, we, we have provoked the Holy Spirit. And then he began to curse. Now, when he finished cursing, he said that we are going to come and kneel down before his church and, you know, ask for forgiveness before we can progress in this life. You know, it is somebody who doesn't know the word that can be intimidated by that kind of thing. You, you, you can't curse a man that is blessed by God. Balak, Balaam said, God has blessed. He cannot reverse it. He has blessed these people. There is no reversal. Oh! I'm aware that I can't be cursed by any man. It's not possible. So why he was saying all of that, I was laughing. He waited for evil to happen to us. And after seven years, we have risen from glory to glory. Somebody say from glory to glory. From one powerful good news to another one. And the man was hearing the news. So after seven years, he said that the Holy Spirit has forgiven us. Hey. The Holy Spirit has what? Uh -uh. People are just playing with the, you know, what they, are, they should not play with. That's ignorance. And Proverbs 26 verse 2 says, A curse without a curse cannot stand. <laughs> the first curse is C-U-R-S-E. The second curse is C-A-U-S-E-E. A curse without any base, baseless, costless. No, no stand. It will not stand. So, when somebody says he's cursing you, on what ground is he cursing you? Somebody that Jesus has already become a curse for you and you are a blessing. Amen. Are you ready for the keys now? Are you sure? Hey. Keys to activating. Activating. Divine blessings. Open your Bible to Malachi. 
Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We are going to read from verse 8 to verse 12. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. Who is saying that? God. Why are you cursed with a curse? Colum. Because you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith. Say it, the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebook the devourer for your sakes, he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Please pay attention. God is the owner of everything we have. God is the owner of our life. God is the owner of everything we are going to have. Do you believe that? And now, when you come to the New Testament where we belong, Jesus made it as a condition of discipleship that before he can accept you and call you his disciple you must forsake all that you have deliberately consciously you know you will come to a point where you will say to him lord jesus everything i have now belongs to you you have to be deliberate about it such that you are ready to give him all at every point in time is a condition for discipleship in fact he said if you don't do that, you cannot be his disciple. It's a condition. We have passed through that, those of us who have passed through the incubation school. You can't. That's number one. Now, okay, that's number two. Number one is that God is the owner of everything we have. Number two is that it's a condition for you to be a disciple. Now, but... Go and read the Bible. You will see where God is saying something about 10%. He was particular and peculiar about 10%. In Leviticus, how many of us like the book of Leviticus? You like the book of Leviticus. You know, sometimes when you are reading Genesis, you are enjoying the stories and all of that, and you are happy. You enter um, Exodus, you are still flowing with the great mighty things God did, and then you now enter into Levi. First of all, he will levy you, and then many of you normally stop reading Bible at that book. Three of us. So many things are there that can make you to feel that, oh, this book is not interested. But you know what? Tithe was only mentioned in the book of Leviticus 
There are 27 chapters in Leviticus. Tithe was only mentioned in the 27th chapter, in the last part. In fact, I discovered that God was very, very, you know, strategic to place it as the last particular instruction he will give the people. So that even if you are feeling that the whole book is confusing, when you read that last particular instruction, you will not think that it's confusing. Let's read it. The last chapter of Leviticus, 27 verse 30. Very clear. Leviticus 27 verse 30. Hold Malachi because we have not even touched it. We are coming back there. Are you in Leviticus 27 30? If you are there, let's read together. I want to go. And all the tithes of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the laws. It is holy unto the Lord. If you read 31 to 34, it's just trying to expantiate on 30. So the last topic that was handled in the book of Leviticus is tight. And that is the only, only place it was mentioned in that book. All the tithes belongs to God. It is holy. It's untouchable. It is dedicated. 100% is his own. Even as a disciple. Get this thing clear. Because at the early stage of my own discipleship, I was confused. Because I said, if I have forsaken all and you know, I'm ready to give all, why do I still need to pay tithes? I argued it, I stopped paying tithes. I said, I'm ready to give all. But sometimes you, know, you notice that those who say, I'm ready to give all, they give nothing. Eh? I give as I'm led by the Spirit. Anytime the Spirit says give, I give. <laughs> After six months, the Spirit has not led you to give anything. Six months. After some years, I noticed I'm, I'm deceiving myself. I went back to study tight. So I asked myself, what did Jesus teach about tight? Did he teach anything? I studied the whole book of the Gospels. I noticed one place where he talked about tight. He didn't talk to the disciples about tight. He was talking to the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, 23, he said to them, you people are tightening even the smallest vegetables. Cumin. And all of that. But you are leaving the weightier matters of the law. He now said to them, this you are supposed to do. That's his own stand. This tightening of even the smallest vegetable that you are doing, you are what? You are supposed to continue to do it. But the only thing I have against you is that you should not leave the weightier matters also. That's the only thing he said about tight. And the disciples were hearing it when he was talking to them. The whole Old Testament has emphasized that. Possibly that is why he may not need to emphasize it again. Because even before the law, 
This is the law. Leviticus 27 verse 30 is the law. But before the law, the first person that paid tithe was who? Abraham. Abraham. Let's go to where Abraham paid tithe. Genesis chapter 14. Tithing is the first key to activating divine blessing. Tithing. Now, you know, when we say something like this, some people think that it is because we need money. Thank God for our stand about some of these things. So that you don't think that it is because of money that we are teaching this. You will soon discover that this is not about money. It's about you and the blessings that God wants to bless you. Genesis 14. Are you there? Now look at verse verse 20. Okay, verse 18 to 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thy enemies into thy hand. What happened? And he gave him what? Tithes of all. Under which law? What was the law that Abraham was obeying? Any law? No law. How did he got to know that he should do this? Do this. He was inspired by the Spirit. So the first person that paid tithe was led by the Spirit, not by law, to pay tithe. Are you getting it now? And what is the principle there? The principle was that this priest of the Most High God released blessing. He was spiritually blessed. And then he took the physical material things that he has and gave God 10%. It belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. But there are two kinds of belonging. There are untouchable belonging and the touchable. Do you understand that? 10% is what? Untouchable. The 90%, when you give 10%, you now come back to the remaining 90 and say, Lord, lead me by the Spirit on how to go about this. That's how to live correctly. Why are we looking at this? Please, look at the word of God. If you say you are a child of God, don't play with the word of God. Malachi was a prophet. It's not Moses that brought the law. And God came back. I don't even know why the book of Malachi was placed between the Old Testament and the what? I think the theologians say because there are some part of Old Testament that is there and there are some part of... Um, so it's like a bridge. If you are moving from old into the new, you have to pass through a bridge. Malachi. God came back and began to say, you are cursed with a curse. And then, why are you cursed? Because you have robbed me by not giving your tithes and your offerings. Now, 
He now said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And prove me now with. Hear with, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, the first benefit of tithe is open heaven. Open what? Heaven that is open. When the heavens are open, then you see the blessings of God coming like a rain. That's when you see that the little effort you are putting in is yielding results. Greater than what you can imagine or think of. Open heaven. God said, oh my God. The way God is talking here is very serious. He said, try, try me. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. Then try me. Just a test. Test it for a while. And see if I will not. If I will not open the heavens. And what is the next thing after opening heaven? Comma. And pour you out a blessing. Such that there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many of you want an overflowing blessing? Overflow. God said, it is not gotten by prayer. It is not gotten by fasting. It is not gotten by I wish. Bring ye all the tithes. How many of you here, you normally take God serious? Let me see your up. You take God serious. Oh, many of you are not serious with God. Ah, I didn't even know the people I'm working with. Okay, how many of you, you take the word of God serious? Try me. If I will not open the heavens. When there is an open heaven over a life, over a business, over a ministry, there is always fruitfulness. There is always abundance. There is always multiplication. The blessing of the Lord will start flowing. When there is no open heaven, there is cause. For blessing, because blessings come, true blessing comes down from heaven. For it to come, the heaven shall be open. And then he said again, verse 11, I will rebook the devourer for your sake. Look at that Bible. Verse 11. Those of you who did English language, there is a difference between the devourer and a devourer. Am I correct? What did the Bible say? Look at your Bible. What did he say? I will rebook the devourer. There is a demon Called Deborah. Devora. It's not an empty office that uh, maybe they can say, uh, who will act as a Devora now? Is it you or you or you? Okay. Let's take one of the angels of darkness to go and act as a Devora. No. 
There's a particular angel of darkness. The name of that angel is a definite, you know, is a definite article. Those of you who you remember our English language. There's a definite angel of darkness called Devorah. That's the name. And he is going about, you know, on the earth. This is what causes, when it seems as if you have gotten money, the next thing is that you will fall sick. And by the time you finish spending the money on the sickness, you will get well. The name of the spirit at, at work is what? The devourer. You will not allow anything to remain in your hand. It will keep on. You, will, you say, ah, but I'm getting money. Why is money not? A brother said to me, I am getting money. I know I'm getting money. But I am not, I don't even know how the money is going before you know it, one thing or the other and all of that. I asked me a question. Are you paying tight? He said, no. I said, enjoy your devourer. Your personal devourer. It's only God that has the capacity to rebook the devourer. And that can only happen when you are faithful in paying all the tithe. Devora does not kill. Devora, he didn't get the power to kill. No. His work is, look at what the Bible said, and he shall not. Are you noticing that he used he for devora? Are you noticing that he used he, not it? So devourer is not a thing, he's a personality. I will rebook the devourer, and he, the devourer, shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. So what is devourer doing now? Your business, as you are trying to you know, succeed, you say, ah, this particular container that is coming, this particular thing that is coming, when it comes, I know I, go, I will make it. Before you know it, one story will come in. Another story will enter through the window. Before they finish the story, you are where you are again. Sometimes you are below where you used to be. And the struggle continues. You ask yourself, I have worked as a civil servant for 10 years. What is the outcome? The only thing you remember is that you are eating, eating, eating well. But you shake and say, as a civil servant that is earning such amount of salary, it's not where I should be. It's obvious. But the money is coming in, but Mr. De Devora is attacking it. He's attacking it. Devora can come in form of Caesarea section. CS. You know CS? A woman that would have delivered baby normally. And um, maybe the doctor will collect. I don't know how much they are collecting now. But 
you know, they may just collect 20,000 or thereabout. I don't know, so if I call any amount, forgive me. <laughs> they will tell you that it is 120,000. And you're not going to leave the hospital until you finish paying it. And you notice, eh? 350. Well, it depends. You will go and gather all the money you have. You go and borrow. You see other women, they will enter the um, labor room and deliver. And carry their baby and go. I will rebook the devourer for your sake. I told us that dictionary defined blessings as um, God's favor and protection. So there is a favor aspect of it and there is what? A protection aspect of it. What is the favor aspect of it? Open heaven and blessings coming down. Then the protection is what? The devourer. The devourer. Thieves will come and steal your food. And as you are still, still trying to look for your phone and all of that, they have cleared your account. All the money that you have been making and gathering and all of that, the foreigner can act in any way just to make sure that even that which enters your hand did not stay. Did you get me? That's the assignment of that angel of darkness whose name is the devourer. The assignment is simple. To ensure that even if you are earning money, the money will not be useful to you. Will not stay in your hand. And the only solution is faithfulness. In Titan, says the Lord. For those that hear, Jesus will always say, He that has ear to hear, let him do what? Some people will argue, like I used to argue in those days, thinking that I'm correct. Verse 12. Let's read it together. One to go. All the nations shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land. Say it. This says the Lord of hosts. How many, how many are they in the three verses we have read? Eh? Look at verse 10. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now. Hear with. Say it. That is signed the Lord of hosts. Signed. Then he came to verse 11. He said, And I will rebook the devourer for your sake. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the harvest. Signed. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land. Signed. All nations. Do you know <laughs> you know, sometimes when we read Bible, it seems as if the Bible is not real. Eh? 
It seems as if it's not real. Do you know what all nations are? Shall call you. Isaac became so blessed that Philistine as a nation came and said, you have become one man, you have become greater than a whole nation. Before Isaac was born, Philistine is already an established nation. You remember that Abraham, Abraham went to Philistia and met the king. The same, I don't know whether it's the same Gera or maybe another one. Um, the same Abimelech. And now he became more, much more prosperous than a whole nation. And you see the, that nation of the Philistine calling Isaac, you are the blessed of the Lord. We saw it last Sunday. As you are now, how many people are calling you the blessed of the Lord? Eh? You ask yourself, is it the people that I am owing money? I borrow from brother A and pay sister, sister B that has been disturbing me because of my age-long debt. I say, let me just borrow from this person and pay this person. Because, you see, you know, some of us, <laughs> there are some kind of need that will come upon your life like this. Uh, something is telling you that you better go and borrow. Am I saying the truth? That's how people get into borrowing. The thing will just come upon them like this. And they are saying, hey, please, can I borrow so and so money from you? They can't even trust God and pray and believe. They will just want to. Borrow. God said the kind of blessing, see, I don't know the extent of the blessing you want. Eh? Let me, some of us, you know the children of God, the men of God in our time, in our generation. Apart from the fact that, you know, all of them are men of God. But when you look at some of them, you will notice that there are some of the men of God that are struggling financially. Am I saying the truth? Struggling financially. Very serious. To eat food, to pay school fees of the children, is difficult. But there is one that, I think it was a newspaper, or, okay, I was listening to a message. They say, a man of God who has given out 40 private jets for the work of the gospel. 40 what? He has given it out. He didn't have it in his custody. He has given it out. You, carry this one for this work. This one. Private jet, though, not jeep. There is a difference between jeep and jet. When you study that particular man of God, you will notice that he's a faithful tither. Very faithful. And all nations are calling him what? Blessed. It may not happen the day you start. In fact, when you start, you will pass through the test. Because the devil is aware that you are about to escape. So he will come around to make sure that you don't continue. Amen. So, 
Sometimes you say, I want to be blessed, I want to be blessed. And all of that, you are praying. When you finish praying, the seed for blessing is not prayer. I mean, for financial blessing is not prayer. Jesus said, give and it shall be what? Ten percent belongs to God. Untouchable. Ninety percent belongs to God, but he can allow you to, to use that according to his direction. Now, what, what else is the reason why God wants us to pay tight? Listen carefully. <laughs> Jesus said, if you cannot be faithful in that which is little, you will not be faithful in that which is uh, much. God wants to train us on how to manage the money he has given to us. Is a management training. Eh? He said, every, because he doesn't need money. Do you think that God needs money? Oh, no. He said, if I, if I want to eat food or anything, I will not tell you. The cattle on a thousand hill, they belong to me. Don't need to bother you for anything. I created all of them. He doesn't need it. Doesn't use it for anything. So why is he asking us to do that? He wants to train you to know whether you will be faithful in handling this, which is little. Let me ask, how many of you want God to make you a billionaire? Not millionaire. Now listen. Look at your hands up. <laughs> um... Let me first of all define who a millionaire is and who a billionaire is. A millionaire is not someone that has one million naira in his account. Uh-uh. If you're thinking that the moment your account gets to one million, now say, hey, I'm a millionaire. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. A millionaire is someone who is now counting in uh, millions. Then a billionaire is not someone that has one billion naira. Is somebody that is counting in what? Billions. Now, God cannot give you such amount of money if you are not faithful in that which is little. He gave you 100 naira and said, give me 10 naira. You eat all of them. Say, so look at this one. Tomorrow you say, oh God, Prosper me. Are you, are you following me at all? It's a test. It's a test. You say tomorrow, uh, I'm, I'm hungry, I need God to meet all my needs and all of that. He doesn't need that 10%. He just wanted to test and train you so that the day you will, because if you don't have a control, if you are not disciplined and you are not under any control with money, money has a spirit. The spirit of that controls money is called mammon. Are you getting me? So if you are not faithful in bringing out that which is holy, 
untouchable unto him. If the money increases, mammon must catch up with you. Definitely. Is you can't escape it. So God wants to, you know, make you a manager. A manager. So that when he began to, because he needed people that he will trust with the kingdom, the kingdom wealth. So that, oh my God, do you think that we don't need a land where we can build an auditorium for this meeting? Eh? How many of you can give us the land? At the center. Do you know you can get a land at the center of Enugu and build it? Do you know that? A man of God said that they went to a particular country to plant church. And the country said that they don't give land for church. He now said, What do we do? He said, They looked at a particular company in that particular uh, city and bought the company and just changed the signboard. You are not getting me at all. Do you get me? What is speaking there? <laughs> they bought the company, changed the signboard, cover it very well, destroy the structure, and raise their church. There are so many ways to kill a rat. Several ways to nature. Have you had that proverb before? <laughs> Amen. So, but you will never rise because this little that he has given to you, you are not faithful with it. So, how can he trust you with the bigger one? Amen. He will not. He said it. Look at it in the word. Give me. Okay, he said, okay. Let me give you 10,000. Give me 10%. What is 10% of 10,000? 1,000. You will carry the 1,000 and say, ah, oh God, is it this much you provide? It's not even enough. I wish you would have made it 15,000. You finished it. Tomorrow you expect him to give you more. You are not disciplined. You are not honest. You are not faithful. You are not trustworthy. You can never get promotion. Before they promote you to a, a managerial position, you must meet the conditions of being a manager. Are you following me? You must be accountable. Accountability has to do with this is the money that is given to you. Then you remove that which is supposed to be. Do you know what they call misappropriation? Misappropriation. The money that is meant for biscuit, you use it to buy milo. In civil service, it can attract a sack. Eh? That which God has said, don't touch. You are touching it. And you are expecting God to make you a manager of his finance. 
That was why Jesus started with the parable of the, uh, of the steward. He was talking to the disciples. He said, a man has a steward managing his properties. And there was an accusation that he has wasted his goods. God hates wastage. Jesus was teaching that lesson in John 6 when he fed 5,000 with bread and fishes. And then when they finished eating, eh, what happened? He said, gather the fragments. Who is going to eat is nobody. But he just wants to teach them that you don't waste. So sometimes, God wants to teach you a lesson. It's not because he needs the money. He wants to teach you how to manage divine resources. How to be accountable. How to be honest. How to be you know, diligent and disciplined. To be able to bring out that which belongs to him and separate it. And be consistent in it. God himself said, I will open the heavens. So it's not about, you know, sometimes in the churches and in the ministries, anytime you see them teaching and talking about tithe, you know, it is because they need money. Am I correct? Most times, most, most churches and all of that, they just talk about tithe because they believe that when the people pay the tithe, we'll have the money. God is thinking differently. The same way he taught the disciples a lesson of no waste by asking them to start laboring, to gather the fragments. Do you know the field where 5,000 persons, oh no, 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 5,000 men, women and children, maybe 7,000, add it up, it is 12,000. 12, Are you getting me? 12,000 people where they sat and ate. Think about the labor that 12 persons will labor in going everywhere. And he said that nothing be lost. Nothing. Nothing be lost. Gathering every fragment. Gathering all of Diligently. He's teaching them diligence. He's teaching them discipline. He's teaching them, you know, no waste. He doesn't need that fragment. He will not eat it. Who will eat a fragment that fell on the ground. If somebody gave you that kind of food, will you eat? In fact, sometimes when food is touched by somebody, it's not eaten again by another person. Like, you know, if you go to a, if, if you're a visitor, some people don't know that. If they give you food, let me be teaching you many things. Tell your neighbor, God is teaching us many things here. <laughs> when they give you food, Look at the size of the food. If you cannot finish it, before you touch it, ask them to do what? Reduce it until it has come to the point where you can finish. Because once you touch it and you didn't finish it, nobody will eat that food. You have caused a waste for that house. And even for God. And God doesn't like waste. Nobody will eat that to a fragment of... yeah. But Jesus wants to use that to teach the disciples a lesson. God wants to use Titan to teach you a lesson on how to be honest, accountable, disciplined, manage his finances. Do you understand? Just for you to... Because if you are not, you know, disciplined enough to do it when the money is small, you can't do it when the money is big. And therefore, I will like to devour millions and billions. So God will be foolish to give you billion. 
only for the devourer tomorrow to come and finish it up. So he'll be giving you small so that devourer will be eating small. Are you getting what I'm saying at all? The reason why your income has been low and will remain low is because you are not faithful in tithing so that the devourer can eat small and not waste God's resources. It's God's way of blessing his children. One of the, one, uh, one of the persons I know <laughs> that God just blessed him so powerfully and mightily within a very short time, financially. Eh? He was sharing with me, he said, before that blessing, that one day God taught him how to be consistent and diligent in paying tithes. of everything. See, God taught him. And he started. How many of you are enjoying our bosses, our boss now? How many of you? The person that God used to buy that boss you are enjoying was like you before. Like you before. Until he said God taught him to pay tithes. The moment he began to do that, come on, the heavens were opened. Blessings were poured. Devourers rebooked. Come and see. You know, he said to God that if you will bless me, I want to come to the point where I can give you one million naira. As he was dreaming when he can give God one million naira. I say, just a gift. But today, his tithe is in millions. I mean, if you want to pay tithe in millions, <laughs> God. If you are to pay tithe in millions, you have to start paying tithe in units. Unit is one to nine. Tens is ten to ninety-nine. Eh? And then hundred is what? Ninety-nine to um, hundred to nine nine nine. And then thousand level is what? You can't pay tithe in millions if you have not paid tithe in units. You have ten naira. You remove what? One naira. <laughs> God said this one is a faithful steward. He can manage tens. So let's, let's promote him to tens level. And then you have hundred naira. You remove ten naira. God said this one. Come on. Let's move him to hundred level. And then you have one thousand naira. You remove hundred. God said good. Let's move him to tens of thousands. From there. You start paying, he's paying tight in millions now, currently. The boss you are enjoying is a, is a product of a tighter, and you are not a tighter. I hope you are not going to introduce the, the water to that boss. <laughs> eh? If God will help us, eh, and we are to be consistent. Many of us, let me tell you, it's not by this your struggle in business and all of that that is what happened. There is a, oh my God, he said, you should not forget the Lord your God because it is he that giveth you power to make wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18. There is a wisdom, there is a power, there is a way it happens. And such power can never be given to you until you are trusted. With that, which is small. 
We have to take God serious. We have to take his word serious. I took it up with one of our brothers. I said, he was complaining that he's having problem financially and all of that. I said, you pay tight? No. Okay. When you come back from work, any day you come back from work, before you remove your shirt, remove your tight. Tell your neighbor, before you remove your shirt as you come back, <laughs> remove your tight. That's for those that are, you know, their income comes on daily basis. You know, there are people like that. There are some that their own comes on monthly basis. They're always looking towards the end of the month. And, you know, some people like that, by the time the salary they are expecting enters, they will use it to settle the debt they have accumulated. Eh? And once they settle, they enter another borrowing the following month. That's the way, most civil servants are living like that. I hope you know that. Mo, that's a terrible slavery. When you see the person, you just dress fine. The cloth is wearing is on credit. The shoe is on credit. The, all the things he's doing, the hairstyle, everything is on credit. When the money enters, he will settle the, settle the old debt and become a debtor again. And the people that are making you the, debt, the, the debtor, they understand the system very well. So the moment the salary enters, they will just land in the office. <laughs> they used to have information on whether the thing has entered. You see, then they will come. And once they finish collecting, they are showing you new product in time. And you are buying again. In debt. That's the issue. So sometimes, the problem that you will have is that the money is not even enough to settle debts. And you are telling me about tight. I beg, wait first. The devil will keep you in poverty as you are speaking in tongues and prophesying. As if that is the life that we should live. No. No. How many of you would like to ride a new jeep? <laughs> you know, when this jeep was given to me, I noticed that security consciousness increased. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, those that are rich, they don't have peace. <laughs> Most of them are afraid. Though. You are more freer than them. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that person that is poor. Are you poor? <laughs> but you know, what strengthened my heart was this. I say, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and adds what? No sorrow. That's what, you know, strengthened. I say, no sorrow will be added because I didn't, you know, even dream about it. 
I will just live my normal life. And that thing you are seeing came from a tighter and entered the hand of a tighter. Are you getting what I'm saying? We need to be faithful. We need to be consistent. In fact, when God was speaking to me about this, when I was preparing, eh, I, I, I rushed immediately because the matter became so urgent. When I was preparing for this message, sometimes when you are preparing for a, a message to preach, you will notice that God will open your eyes beyond your normal knowledge of that particular topic. So when my eyes was opened, I rushed and went and bought envelope immediately. Because I just came back from a program. I left my house on Thursday night, you know, to preach in a, a, a place. After preaching in that place in Enugu, I traveled to Newe in Anambra State uh, Friday morning from that place. And then preached on Friday there, preached on Saturday there. And then this morning, very early in the morning, I now came back. So the other room that gave me, you know, in the first place where I preached. I have to rush and get envelope immediately and I notice that you have to, the moment the money is coming, before you forget, before you know, Devorah's brother, because Devorah's brother will come to devour the, the money first, before he will now come to devour the other things around you. Remove it immediately. I say, this is great. This is wonderful. Any little... And when you are giving God something, do, do it honorably. Get an envelope and do it well. Don't carry money. God is not a beggar. Carry money, if you child like this, then you drop. Or you give somebody. Or you give a man of God. Uh -uh. Amen. It's for our good. <laughs> Consistency is the matter here. Because you may start. And then as you are on it, if you are not careful, you will see yourself, you know, going back and dropping. God has to test you. You remember he tested Abraham? Eh? Tested Job. God is a tester. Before he will trust you, he will do what? He will test you. So if you fail the test, you will, you will not be trusted. So how do we pay tithes? Let me round up quickly on that. You pay tithes to where you were blessed. Look at the examples we see in the scripture. Um, this man of God, Melchizedek, blessed Abraham. And Abraham did what? Spiritual blessing. In a, it's a, bring all the tithe to the house of God. House of God is not where they build and say this is house of God. No. Even the New Testament told us that a man is a temple of God. But a place where you are being fed spiritually, where your life is being blessed spiritually, say that there will be food in my house. Food. What's the meaning of that? That when 
there is a need in the house of God, you don't start going and looking for where do you get money? Where do you get money? No. If everybody is faithful, faithful in paying their tithe, bringing all their tithes, we don't need anybody's money. Maybe start pushing you, bring this or bring that when we want to do anything. From the storehouse, what is the storehouse? A store. When you need something, where do you go? You go to store because the thing is already there. It's not when we need to do a program. We say we want to do a program. Eh? People should contribute money. Why are we saying that? Nothing is in the storehouse. And you expect your, your, your life to prosper. When God says my storehouse should not be empty. Are you getting what I'm talking about? We don't need to start looking for money. Asking for money when we want to buy seats. No, when we need seats, we just go to the storehouse and do what? Because people have bring their tithes to the storehouse. It's there. Go and pick it and use to buy land. Buy anything we need for the gospel. Should be, you know, taken from the storehouse. Say that there will be resources in my storehouse for my work to go on. If the storehouse is empty, don't expect blessing. If the storehouse of where you are being blessed is empty, don't expect a blessing. Because God is not joking with his word. Is that clear? Do it as the first thing that, you know, once your salary, be disciplined. Tell your neighbor, be disciplined. Be, be determined. The moment for salary workers, separate it immediately. If you are riding keke, keke money comes daily. Or maybe other business you do, it comes daily. Or you are a businessman, you are selling provision. Or you are a teller. Find a way of bringing your tithes from your profits. Anytime it comes. Every, all of us, some are civil servants, some are this and that. Whatever you are, find a way. A student called me and said, can I pay a tithe of my school fees? I said, no. Your school fees, use it and pay your school fees. But any pocket money that you are giving, tithe it. Design a system. In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1, Paul was writing to the Corinthians. He said, each of you should be keeping something aside as the money is coming. Be keeping it so that on the first day of the week, you will bring it. I think we may read that... Um, Let's read it. That's the last verse we are going to read. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Are you there? Are you there? Let's go together. I want to go. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you Lay by him in store as God has prospered him. That there be no gatherings when I come. How many one of you? How many one of you? Every one of you on the first day of the week. Every one of you. Bring it. There is a need for it. So there, there, there is a system. You know, I read the Bible. I noticed that in the book of Acts of the Apostles, the revival we are modeling, the disciples, 
I noticed that there is a place called the apostles' feet. Have you read about the apostles' feet? Uh-huh. What is it that happens at the apostles' feet? Eh? That is the feet where the disciples are bringing their proceeds. Some will say they are all, and they will bring all. Where is our own apostles' feet? I think we need to have an apostles' feet, boss. <laughs> yes. God is about to change somebody's life. That's why he's teaching us this. I'm telling you. The topic is not titan. What is the topic? Keys. To activating. Making it your own. Divine blessings. That's the topic. And this is key one. And time is off. So by next Sunday, we'll look at what? Key two. Rise on your feet. Confess your sins. Your unfaithfulness in tight pain. Your indiscipline. Pay, pay, pay. You stop. Enough of that. Say, God, I'm sorry. If you are a businessman and you want open heaven in that business, then you must be diligent. You want blessings to be poured out. You must be ready. If you are a minister, when they give you, that's what they call it, heave offering. Heave. Heave offering is when they bring tithe to the priest. The priest will bring 10% of it. The name of that 10% is heave offering. That's what the priests in the, they do. But our own priests, our own men of God in our time, they will eat everything. You say, is it not tithe given to the man of God? There is a tithe of tithe. My label shanda. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've not been careful. You know, sometimes you think that uh, this money is not enough. Why will I pay? It's not enough. It's because the devil wants to keep you in poverty. Some will say, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've not started working. I'm, I'm a student. No. Students pay tight. Don't use your school fees to pay tight. Don't use your accommodation fee to pay tight. But your pocket money, the money that they dash you, pay tight of it. If you're a businessman, ask God to give you wisdom on how to be separating your tight from your profit. On weekly basis, so we do that on daily basis. Civil servants, monthly basis. So that God can help us. He doesn't need your money. He just wants to train you so that he can trust you. He doesn't need your money. He just wants to bless you. He is himself. He is a source of blessing. Lebo shakalaba sanda. Say you have robbed me. Say God, I'm sorry for robbing you. I'm a robber. I've robbed you of your tithes. I've robbed you, Lord. 
Forgive me for robbing you. Forgive me for robbing you and robbing myself of your blessings that I'm supposed to have gotten. Abraham paid tithes. If you want the blessing of Abraham, do the works of Abraham. If you want the blessings of Abraham, do the works of Abraham. Abraham activated his own blessing by tithing. Activate your own. Don't say, I'm Abraham's blessings are mine, but you are not doing the works of Abraham. Thank you, Father. Landa Labashanda. Randu Renda. Disciples, it's time for God to bless us. But we have to do our own part. No, no course we, we, we pursue you or follow you, all this kind of thing. Put hand in this one, it doesn't go. It seems as if you are operating under a course. It's because you are missing it in tight. The blessing is not activated and provoked. Pray for grace to be disciplined, to be consistent. So that you will not start and stop. You will not start and stop. You will be consistent. The Bible says, and the man began to be great. And he went forward and become so great. Ten percent of my business money must not be touched. I must be diligent in it. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes it rich. Yet that blessing is poured out on you as a result of your faithfulness in Titan. That's how the blessing comes. When the blessing comes, it will now make you rich. But before the blessing comes, heaven has to open and blessing will be poured out. The voters will be rebuked. Lift up your right hand and say, God, I will not give you excuse again why I will not be faithful in this business of Titan. It is not because we need money. No, it's because God wants to bless you abundantly. I will not be unfaithful. I receive grace to be trustworthy, to be accountable. I receive grace to be honest, to be diligent. Our team last Sunday says blessed by his presence. And God is beginning today to open it more and more for us. You have to sow in, this, in the time of famine. In the year of famine, Isaac sowed. Sow spiritually, sow your tithes. Lendelebo Shanda. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God is about to bless somebody. Doors are about to open. Opportunities are about to open. This thing happens by practice, not by prophecy. It's by practice. I ask that the Lord will 
give you the grace today to practice the word of God in the name of Jesus. Let the hand of God be strong upon your life. May he strengthen you to do the will of God that is expressed in the word of God. In the name of Jesus. That spirit of mammon, that spirit of depth, that spirit of hardship that want to, you know, make you to be unfaithful again in Titan. I bind and cast it out of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. The hand of God is strong upon your life. The almighty God has commanded and we must obey him. We'll obey him with joy. Not with sadness. Not with murmuring. Not with grumbling. But as a privilege to be blessed by him. In the name of Jesus. The training is giving us on management. We will pass it. We will pay tight in millions. We will pay tight in billions. It will happen. If you want to pay tight in billions, say, Lord, I want to pay tight in billions. Help me to be faithful in paying in other, other lesser units. Even if your income is in unit level, 10th level, 100th level, be faithful. The Lord is raising you up now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Today, I bless you in the name of the Lord. That as you go to practice this, the Almighty God immediately will break out, break out on you. The heavens will be open as He promised. And you shall be blessed beyond your imagination. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, I don't know, those of us who are here, you have not given your life to Jesus, you are not born again, lift up your hand. You are not born again, I want to pray for you. You have not given your life to Christ. If you have not been born again, the cost is still going to be very active on you. But if you are, then you enjoy the promise of the blessings of Abraham. Father, I pray that the light of salvation will shine forth in the heart of everyone that has not given his or her life to Jesus. That today will be the day of salvation. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you are blessed today, can I see you clap for Jesus? Amen. Tell your neighbor, I see you rising financially. I see you paying tight millions very soon. You know what it means to take, pay tight million? 100 million. No, 10 million. We make you to pay 1 million, isn't it? Isn't it? You are, you are there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Clap for Jesus again. <laughs> Amen. In this year of famine, eh, are you hearing me? The Almighty God is raising us. So that when people are saying they are casting down, 
see, we will be praying for Nigeria, God will answer us. But I'm telling you, if we follow what God is teaching us in this season, this season of famine will not touch us. So be careful to practice what God is teaching us. And he will surely bless you powerfully. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website, www.calvaryonline.org. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalibos at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.